This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Last Thursday's provincial budget had something for almost everyone. More money for health care, home care, public transit credits for seniors, measures to cool the GTA housing market, and the surprise centerpiece, Pharmacare for young people under 25. The takeaway from a wide swath of people, this is a desperate attempt to shore up the Liberals' popularity ahead of the next election. Before the budget came down, NDP leader Andrea Horvath was here to talk about her party's Pharmacare proposal, which was different. And she joins me now with her take on the budget. Andrea, welcome. Thank you so much. My pleasure, as always, Libby. Okay. Now, um, your finance critic, I believe, uh, had a, a very interesting way of describing the budget. I believe it was he was the person that said it was pouring water on the ring of fire. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Uh, well, you know, it's a, it's a disappointing budget. There's no doubt about it. I mean, this uh, budget was the attempt for the uh, Liberals to be able to undo some of the damage that um, uh, that Kathleen and uh, Wynne and her government have done. But we don't see any major uh, efforts to uh, to undo that damage. I mean, yes, they funded hospitals a little bit more, but the Ontario Hospital Association is saying that they shorted them by a minimum of $300 million. Mm-hmm. So th- that hallway medicine that we've been seeing uh, unfortunately, in the last couple of years, it's just is going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Um, you know, they've they, yes, they came with a pharmacare plan, but but holy smokes, they've they they missed the vast majority of the people of Ontario in their in their uh, what they call OHIP plus. I mean, it's it's not a pharmacare plan. It, it's it, again for a, a small group of people. Um, our plan would have covered everybody, not just children and uh, and youth that are under tw- 24 and under, but their parents as well. Uh, and that's what we need in, in Ontario, because people are actually skipping their medications because they can't afford them. In some cases, and you know this as well as I do, they, they cut their, their pills in half to try to stretch those more expensive prescriptions a little bit longer. And, and that's certainly, you know, that's certainly not what we need when it comes to the second leg of uh, our Medicare system. I have a couple of questions about that, Pharmacare. And one of them, um, you know, to a certain extent, uh, both your proposal and her proposal, um, one of the things to look at is how easy will it be to scale it up? Because it's it's a start. Do you think that that hers might have might be uh, if it comes into effect a good way to start and scale up? Well, that's not the advice we were given. Uh, the advice we were given is uh, the, the best way uh, and the best impact is the way that that we've gone forward for two reasons. Well, probably for more than two, but two remind reasons. us what your proposal is. Uh, so our our proposal is basically a, ph- a pharmacare plan. Uh, that um, that everyone is covered, and so everyone who is not covered right now will be covered uh, for 120 initially. So the initial startup will be 125 of approximately of the most commonly prescribed drugs 
for the most commonly, um, you know, uh, existing ailments. And so what that does is basically of the 14 million people in Ontario, uh, you know, well over 70%, close to 80% of folks will be covered with our PharmaCare plan, which is a far cry uh, from what the government is saying. Uh, but that's only the beginning. That 125 or so drugs is, is the beginning. And then from that, you start adding um, as you go forward. But, but what our plan does is make sure that, that everybody's covered. So, so one of the things that, that the government plan doesn't, I think, acknowledge is that all those folks that are uh, in their you know, 40s and 50s that are suffering from hypertension and can't get their, uh, their, their prescriptions covered, they're not going to be covered. Uh, you know, there's lots of, uh, uh, there's lots of folks that, um, you know, that, are, uh, that are dealing with diabetes, for example. They are not going to be able to get help from the government plan. Well, those who are suffering from juvenile diabetes or those who are younger uh, people that are suffering with diabetes, they'll get help from both plans. But, um, but the liberal plan leaves out at a minimum, at a minimum leaves out 10 million people uh, in Ontario. I mean, they keep saying their plan is going to help 4 million people. Well, there are 14 million people in Ontario. Um, I mean, there's a, there are other issues too, Libby. I mean, you can get right into the details of it and uh, realize that um, many of the drugs that the Liberals talk about, they talk about these 4,400 uh, medications which are on the formulary, uh, which is, you know, the drugs that are, yep. are you know, available. Um, but of those 4,400 drugs, the vast majority of those drugs would never be prescribed to pediatric uh, patients or uh, would never be needed for young people to utilize. Do you know what I mean? And so they they inflate this number of 4,400 drugs like it's it's some big shiny bauble to look at. But what they're not being truthful about is the fact that those people 24 and under are likely not going to need the vast majority of those drugs as young people. Here's a question that I have, too. Um, So, yes, it will catch kids who are kind of... They're not poor enough to be on social assistance where drugs are covered. Yep. Uh, but a lot of people are covered by employee health plans. So won't this be, in essence, giving a big benefit to larger corporations and, and private companies and insurance companies who would otherwise be covering those drugs? Well, it's interesting. I mean, the problem we have now, and, and it's, 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 it's the fact that there are about one in three workers are not covered by a workplace plan and because the nature of work is changing so much i mean there's so much more contract work and so much more more uh, uh, entrepreneurship and sole proprietorship because the the economy is changing so quickly in fact that one in three is a number that's going to become e- even worse and so those folks aren't covered at all uh, and, and we need to we need to make sure that they are but the other thing is what our plan does it actually creates a, a huge amount of of savings but but that also gives us bargaining power to get the costs of drugs down. We know we have a huge problem here in Ontario with the amount of money we're paying uh, for the drugs from the pharmaceutical industry. And if we have the buying power of 14 million Ontarians plus a, a, a you know a capped budget of 475 million dollars, which is what our plan was, then experts tell us this is a fantastic bargaining chip to be able to go down to the pharmaceutical uh, companies and uh, and to, to drive a hard bargain in terms of the cost of drugs, because that's a huge issue for us. Right. But Andrea, what I'm asking is, doesn't the current liberal proposal, won't that be giving, um, in addition to kids who can't afford uh, drugs, won't it be giving a very big break to bigger corporations and insurance companies? Well, I mean, it, it certainly seems like that's the case. 
uh, but uh, you know, but our our plan will do the same. I mean, where there's a where the the, the savings that we're estimating is between 800 million and 1.9 billion dollars to our economy. Uh, the, the issue becomes what we where does that? So this is the contributions that employers and employees are making, right. uh, and, and so that contribution can either be reduced or the benefit the private benefit plans that do exist can be expanded perhaps better uh, eye vision or vision coverage perhaps better dental coverage do you know what i'm saying yep. um, that's that's where we see the the benefit of uh, of the truly universal pharmacare or the bottom line can benefit the company's bottom true. line yeah true um, so uh, just in general do you believe that this budget has uh, shifted the politics to any extent is it uh, is it going to you know ha- have people give uh, a second thought to the people who are fed up with the liberals is that going to bring them back well i mean i i, I think you, you i mean we'll see we'll see what happens with this um, with this this budget. I, I suspect, though, that people are going to continue to be extremely disappointed. I mean, the fact that the, 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 the big item in the budget, you know, ignores the vast majority of the people of Ontario, the fact that they didn't address the real crisis in the hospital system, the fact, I mean, we've seen John Tory out publicly now on uh, his extreme disappointment with the lack of support for operational funding for transit and for, uh, you know, helping with the crisis in affordable housing. Uh, And it's not just uh, Mr. Tory. I mean, municipal leaders across the province have been sounding that alarm bell for a while as well. And so I I don't know that there's enough there. Honestly, uh, Libby, I really think people will see this for what it is, which is a budget that's got a shiny bobble in it uh, that uh, Kathleen Wynne thought uh, would, would bring people back around to the Liberals. But, but really, um, it's not going to help those folks that are struggling to make ends meet on, on you know, $11.40 of minimum wage. It's, it's not helping those, those services that have been squeezed for such a long time by this government. So um, I don't think it's going to undo the damage that the Liberals have done. And I, I think people are not going to see, uh, you know, a brighter future coming out of this particular Okay, let me give the numbers out again. Uh, I'm curious as to whether our listeners have uh, thoughts on this. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Andrea, you just mentioned John Tory's meeting this morning with Patrick Brown. Um, Has he reached out to you? Do you think uh, that gives Patrick Brown any kind of uh, a leg up here in Toronto? Uh, in fact, John and I, um, uh, the Tory and I met uh, back in February, uh, and at that time, I, I did actually make the commitment uh, to Mayor Tory. Uh, having been a municipal politician myself, I know how hard it is for cities to, um, you know, to, to make a go of it. And, and, and if you recall, it was when I was uh, opposed to the tolling. Uh, of the of the gardener um, and uh, and and the uh, Don Valley Parkway and and I said to John Tory I said look I don't agree with that I think that tolling is is a, a flat tax and it's not helpful and it hits the lowest income people uh, the hardest but what I will commit to is should I form a government in this province in 2018 I will pick up half of the cost of operating your transit system. Uh, the, the Liberals came up with something uh, that uh, with, uh, with gas tax that is far far less uh, than what our what our commitment is. Uh, I also made the commitment to, to Mayor Tory around social housing that the province, an NDP pro, uh, provincial government, will be there with one third of the um, you know of the costs of uh, of not only repair and maintenance of the existing housing units, but also start looking at the uh, establishment of more affordable housing in our in our cities. I mean, these are things where the province and, f- and frankly the federal government need to step up to the plate because cities 
can't afford uh, to undertake, um, you know, the huge costs of, of maintaining social housing and, and operating, you know, world-class transit systems. Okay, yeah, we've got Margaret in Toronto. Hi, Margaret. Hi, good mor- uh, Good afternoon. How are you? Fine, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Go ahead. Well, I, I guess what I just wanted to find out, um, so the NDP have been talking about their proposal, there's never a mention about the existing drug program in Ontario now, the Trillium Drug Program, and the fact that it helps thousands of families who uh, struggle with medication costs by meeting a deductible and then have drug uh, coverage after that. And so there already is a program that helps families, it helps individuals, and also the the coverage that the NDP are proposing is for some of the cheapest medications, but often what people struggle with are the orphan drugs or the drugs that are super expensive that people have trouble getting coverage for. So we're we're proposing a plan, or the NDP are proposing a plan that would cover the cheapest medications, but what about the really expensive medications? Where do they come in? The cancer drugs, the drugs for illnesses that are very rare that people are charged $6,000 a month for. Go ahead, Andrea. By the way, cancer drugs... um Oddly, if you get them intravenously in the hospital, they're covered. Uh, but if they're pills uh, that you take at home, which is easier, they're not. Anyway, Andrea, go ahead. No, no. And Margaret's, uh, Margaret's raised an important point. Uh, first of all, it's not about the cheapness of the drugs. It's about our plan is about making sure that the vast majority of people who are taking prescriptions, who are not being able to afford those prescriptions, get their prescriptions. Uh, the Trillium plan will not be negatively affected. In other words, uh, for those folks who have, you know, you know, massive drug costs, uh, and they still need some help for uh, specific drugs that are extremely expensive. First of all, they would be covered by our plan, but for some reason, if they are not, the Trillium plan would, would not, uh, uh, you know, be negatively affected. Same with uh, seniors, for example, the uh, Ontario Drug Benefit, uh, their, their, their situation would not be negatively impacted. Uh, this is a way to actually uh, address the, pharma- the, 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 the prescription drugs that are necessary for the vast majority of Ontarians for the, the, the most, um, you know, the, the most oftenly prescribed medications. So it's not about the cost uh, at all, uh, whether they're cheap drugs or not cheap drugs. They're about uh, with the drugs that are being uh, prescribed and, and people are not able to take. On the other issue, on the, uh, on the orphan drugs, certainly we, we are committed to looking at those orphan drugs as well. We know that the pharmaceutical companies, though, have a, you know, have a habit of trying to um, uh, blackmail, if you want to call it that, the uh, yeah. uh, the public purse into you know paying for these drugs uh, uh, in in sometimes ways that's that's not acceptable. But having said that, if we have the bargaining power that we can that we think we can get with a plan like the one that we've brought forward, uh, that will help us with uh, with those uh, orphan drugs. And so, not to worry around. Uh, Trillium and uh, uh, the Ontario Drug Benefit, uh, we will get, we'll be bringing more coverage, not less. Uh, and on the orphan drugs and the cancer drugs, fran- fr- frankly, uh, you'll be hearing more from us on, on both of those files. Okay, thank you, Margaret, for that call. Uh, we have uh, very little time left, so uh, Andrea, what would you like to leave us with? Uh, just that it's uh, it's unfortunate that we have um, a budget that really doesn't address the biggest concerns that uh, Ontario families are facing. Uh, it doesn't, you know, bring a $15 minimum wage. It doesn't buy back Hydro One and put our electricity system back into the public uh, uh, the public realm. Um, it doesn't help our struggling hospitals. And as you've heard, our cities are not are not happy about the lack of attention to affordable housing and transit. And so it leaves a lot to be desired. It doesn't undo the damage that Kathleen Wynne's uh, uh, government has done over the last 14 years. Okay, Andrea Horvath, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Libby. Take care. You too.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.